You're listening to One Family, What's God Doing? Where we explore what God's doing in YWAM locations throughout Virginia. We can't wait for you to find out what God's doing today. Welcome back to What's God Doing? And we are joined again by (laughs) Dustin Campbell. (laughs) And Dustin, are you ready? I think I'm ready. Are you ready? That's our question of the day. Am I ready? (laughs) Amen. What's God doing in Lynchburg? Wow, I tell you, um, God is a course. He is always moving. Uh, the question is, how is he moving? Mm-hmm. I, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, this year, of course, is a lot different than last year. Last year, uh, we were, God just opened many doors for us to build relationships inside, uh, specifically Liberty, and uh, but also inside the community. And we were just meeting people. And, uh, and then we had a tremendous... Uh, uh, you know, like door that uh, God provided a building for us last year, and and now this year, like like I, I think I shared it last month is is that we're connecting with students and we're mm-hmm. mentoring one on one. We're we're sitting down with many of them. I mean, and just processing their lives with them. And uh, that you know, for us, that is very exciting because it's in those those are the places of discipleship where you can see people grow. I mean, I'm excited. I was just talking to one yesterday. Uh, I'm excited where I'm going to see them like five, 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. And uh, because I could just see that God, the trajectory where they're going is just awesome. So, yeah. So God is moving on our relationships. Um, there's other one other thing that I, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think I'm the first guy to do a podcast after the uh, time this recording is after Lauren Cunningham passed away, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, and that, is, that is like, it has really, it has caused me to reflect a lot. And so I think that's also something God doing in my heart. And um, Lauren passed away last Friday. For if if you're not in the YWAMs like hemis like like circles like a lot, maybe just get a little dab here and there. You may not have heard that. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I remember when um, I got a post on my uh, I, I saw a post like 12 minutes after the Connor released the statement that he passed, and I ended up forwarding that. And like one of my forwards got like over a thousand hits. I mean, you know, just like. Uh, and it's just like globally is just for the next day and a half or so. Yeah. If you looked at your Facebook feed, you just, it's all about pictures of people who had Lauren and everything like that. But one thing Lauren was, is he was a pioneer uh-huh. and, uh, and he pioneered a mission that w- of who we are today before. And I, I, I thank many missionologists and, uh, I, and, uh, of course, you know, I mean, I'm biased. I've been with YWAM for so long, but I think he's a really a father of modern missions. Uh, you know, prior to Lauren, uh, you know, you didn't have this kind of, you know, missions was just only for the select few who had a high level degree and, and, uh, people like 30, you know, usually 38 and older were the ones who first stepped into missions. And now a Lauren Usher did a whole wave of young people going into all the world. And, uh, you know, uh, we say we're around 20,000, we're probably around 30,000 staff globally. And it's mm-hmm. because of this pioneer. And I've just and I've been reflecting on his pioneering because the reason why is we're pioneering. I mean, uh-huh, Lynchburg, uh-huh. we are pioneering. We're like we're a little one. We're about a we're we're a little over one year here in Lynchburg. Uh, we're, we, the property we haven't been in our property for more than a year yet. I mean, mm. it's still less than a year there. And when I reflect on that, I think of I have to reflect on Lauren and what he's done and and uh and but initially in pioneering, the thing is is that there are some serious, you know. Uh, I would say battles you battle through and mm-hmm. like where it's exciting. It's like when you give birth to a baby, it's exciting, you know, but when it's your first child, you know, like you don't know what the heck you're doing. Yeah. You don't know, you don't honestly know the next turn. You don't know. Like I remember mm-hmm. when I brought home my daughter, daughter, Michaela, after she was born, 
she just turned 21. Uh, but uh, when I remember bringing her home, I put her down the crib, and the first thought in my head is, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say that's it's kind of like where we're at with Wyman Lynchburg. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, God, we know certain things need to happen, but honestly, like, you know, we're just depending on you. You have to mm-hmm. guide us through this segment. You know, we have to guide us through this this phase uh, and uh, with all, like, with the different individual challenges our staff are facing and also corporately, uh, the, you know, like, we're, just, we're, we're really depending on God and his guiding. And I think yeah. that's the heart of pioneering. So that's why, I mean, if you're asking what we're doing, we're pioneering, we're building relationships. This is exciting, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you know, like when the baby hiccups, you're like, is that normal? And really, honestly, it's like, it, 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 so that's where we're kind of at, you know, yeah. in that phase right now, because, uh, yeah, uh, you have multiple children. I have three, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're you not getting any more, you know, I don't know. We're done. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like every child is different. Even if yeah. you pioneered before, you're, the next child is very different than the last. There's yeah. no set blueprint for any pioneering scenario. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So in some ways I look back and I, what we have in our hand is a one-year-old. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and like, uh, it's not, you know, it can't fend for itself. And you've got to fight for it. And uh, yeah. you've got to provide for it. And you got to make way for it. And you make provision for it. And, and that's what you do. And that's what we are in our pioneering stage. So, yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead, Paul. Well, I mean, this is what's interesting. You know, the connecting thread between what you just shared and Lauren Cunningham is when you talk about pioneering in both of your contexts, it's very different than the way that the world normally engages pioneering, yeah. that people normally engage pioneering, because people typically are trying to accomplish a certain thing sure. or to address a certain issue. And Lauren wasn't trying to start a global missions entity. That wasn't what he was trying to do. God gave him a dream about equipping young people to go into the world. And so he just started doing it. And he never really knew what it was going to look like at each turn, just like you described. It's like, all right, the baby hicked up. So uh, what's what's next? You're, our core as parents, even in the moments where we don't know how to parent, is that we want to love our child. Yeah. And whatever it is we can do, to care for them, to love them, to meet their needs. We want to do that. And that's one thing that when you hear stories of Lauren, uh, it's not, oh yeah, he he was a great founder of a thing. Like it's their personal stories, especially early on. It got to the point where there were so many people that he couldn't meet all of them individually. But early on, the people that really got to spend time with them talk about his authenticity. Lauren didn't see those people as, ah, yes, I can check another box for another person that's a part of the thing that I built. Yeah. This is somebody made in the image of God that God has called and given me the privilege of walking alongside. So Mm. I think back to what you shared about these young adults that are coming and spending time with you all and being discipled by you all. You all aren't treating it like, aha, yes, we can put another check mark so we can apply to more grants or get more claim. Or like your response was, I can't wait to see where they are in five or 10 years. Yes. Right. And where they are in five and ten years, the way you said it, you weren't even expecting them to be at YWAM Lynchburg. No, oh, no. So like no. where they are in five or ten years won't might not have a direct benefit yeah. to your ministry. Y'all might not even get credit for it, but you will look and see, yes, our steps of obedience of being in this place and being in this space, of being here in this time, like look at the fruit that God's building. Uh, you know, it's the passage that Paul says where, you know, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. 
this is this is what y'all are pioneering is basically God's giving you seeds and you're throwing them out, but you have no idea sometimes what's even being planted, yeah. how big the field's going to be, but you're going in willing, even if the field is too big. <laughs> and that's something you and I have talked about. It's times when things are too much and yet you're like, but here I am, God. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, bringing up Lauren is just a great way to demonstrate what we're really talking about because you're only in year one, but here we have the example of a man who for over 60 years walked in this way. Oh yeah. And for 60 years, every year was different all the way up to the end for people that don't know his story. Uh, last year he was diagnosed with cancer and the doctors were pretty much like, there's you got nothing we can do <laughs> and it's not going to be long. Yeah. It's going to be a couple of weeks. And then he lives for almost like another year after, often without pain, yeah. often up on stages and sharing his heart, sharing what God was giving him to scores and scores of young people and old people. I mean, this this is what we're talking about is not the people or the entities, but the way that God works through ambassadors of Christ. And y'all are doing that in Lynchburg. Well, you know, like you were talking about, like, like, OK, we, you know, honestly, I'm not looking for reward here on Earth. And we're investing in something greater, and that is the kingdom of God. Yeah. And honestly, like uh, people ask me, Dustin. I mean, I've been asked many times. I mean, so many times. And it's it, first of all, it's interesting. Those who know YWAM have a certain type of expectation of what a YWAM location is supposed to be. They might mm -hmm. know of. I mean, if you're in YWAM, you understand it's all different. But but like uh, but other people like. But the question they ask, oh, so what are you doing? I said, you know, what we're doing is we're discipling college kids to impact, have a missional mindset on how to expand the kingdom of God and whatever sphere God lead, is leading them to. And they, they and like, and, and, and I don't think, I think when I say that to people, because it's very intentional how I word that. Okay, okay. every little verbiage there is actually very intentional. I don't know if they understand half of what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> but, but, the, but that's really true. We're discipling okay. young people to have a missional mindset to expand the kingdom of God in whatever sphere they're called into. And mm -hmm. that, and that's in YWAM or outside of YWAM, if, 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 if whatever it is, let yeah. so be it. Of course, if someone is called into missions and called into YWAM, we'll definitely help facilitate them. But if mm -hmm. they're not, we're going to do the best to get them to yeah. where they're called to go to uh, and to see the kingdom expand. And because it's not about the kingdom of Lynchburg, it's not about the kingdom of YWAM Virginia, it's not about the kingdom of YWAM, it's about the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And and that is a greater purpose that we're aiming for. And uh and but but yeah and, and it, it, but it's of course it's pioneering and, and going back to Lauren I just like uh, yeah I, I just see Lauren is just I just been inspired by mm -hmm. Lauren and everything he's done and um, and uh, and also challenged um, I mean I'm really challenged uh, uh, to as far as to keep on persevering and and pressing on and so mm -hmm. yeah I mean uh, I, I know. If I can, I know we're just keep on chucking here. Uh, Paul's next question is going to be, "Hey, do you have a scripture for us?" And and I, I want to <laughs> get into that because uh, just the same time. <laughs> so thanks, Paul, for asking that question. Yeah, no but, problem. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just reading Paul's mind here. No, we've just done. he's just making more time for his mini sermon. Once folks, don't don't be fooled. <laughs> you know, like and I want to talk about Joshua chapter three as is like, um, in Joshua chapter three, Joshua was he was God. God called Joshua, and for one thing I want to say, God called Josh. I mean, God actually called the people of Israel out of Egypt to go into the promised land. So granted, the original plan of God was Moses to lead the Israelites into Egypt. That was his original plan. 
The fact is, is because of, if you want to get into it, there was some acts of disobedience and that was passed on to the next generation. Okay. And what, 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 honestly, what challenged me with that is, is if I don't do what I'm called to do, it's going to get passed on to somebody else. Uh, God's, God's initiatives will get done. But the thing is the whole generation missed out on their, on really what they're really called to do and to pioneer that land and to start a new nation. And, uh, and there, it was passed on to the next generation. And so Joshua was part of that next generation. He's, and now God's calling him to go. But these are the generation, none of them ever been to the land of Canaan, the land of where Abraham and, you know, you know, stepped his foot in and a lot of their ancestors were born. And that, and so now they're getting ready to go. And it says, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, verse 3, uh, three, three it says, uh, being carried by the Levitical priests, you shall set out uh, from your place and follow it. Yet uh, you shall be at a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you will go, for you have not passed that way before. I just want to, there's multiple things in there. I just wanted to, in that one little verse. It doesn't seem like, uh, okay, there's some basic instructions. This is instructions on pioneering. First of all, it's like the Ark of the Covenant represent who God was. And it says, as you, and what we should do is keep our eyes on God. And, and, and I'm just saying, that's what we need to do because there's challenges and they were walking into like, they're, they're expecting to do battle and go into warfare. They says, keep your eyes on me. It says, keep your distance from the ark so you can see where it's at because you don't know where you're going. And the reality is we don't know where we're going. Yeah, okay, <laughs> like, God is leading us. And, and it doesn't say this, but the ark is supposed to be before you and you're supposed to be looking at it. So don't get ahead of God. So yeah. many times we assume we know where we're going and what we're doing, you know, like, and, uh, and what we need to do is like, honestly, uh, you know, we, 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 sh- we can't get ahead of God. And then the next verse there says in verse four, it says, yet, uh, was, uh, well, that's four is also about, uh, you don't know the way it says verse five it says, and Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Yeah. The Lord will do wonders among you. And that consecration means you set yourself apart from God, but that's also a commitment. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think God's what, that's what God's challenging us to is like, we need to be committed uh, in the battles that we're about to walk into and but the battles were the and like and we can look back and see what god has done but we have to be committed and then as we're committed and like really honestly believing for the uh, believing god to what seems impossible in our natural lives that's what mm-hmm. it is that's what i mean really it's just everything we're like i'm thinking about like you know the challenges we're facing it's just it's impossible for me to to you know create all the income and everything we need it personally and corporately you know but the reality is is like i need to be committed to the vision and then I need to, and then, and then what? Then the, what's going to happen after that? Is is a you you and the Lord will do wonders among you. That's when God starts moving, and you start seeing God stepping into where you can't. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and when I look back, I see that happening. I see us that every step we took forward, we moved here without much of anything, and then God, you know, He provided miraculously financially for us, you know, for a season, and you know, then then uh, and then the relationships. How do you start relationships and and just all the divine appointments along the way, we stepped out in obedience. Mm-hmm. We had God before us. We just followed him. And even though we didn't fully clearly understand our vision or path or version, we just understood God had a vision. And as he communicating us, we stepped forward and we're just trusting him, but we need to be committed. And the thing is at the end, we just over time and time again, we've been seeing God work behind us. And I've said this before in other podcasts. It's like many times I, when I look back in the past year, I say, "Man, God, I can see you moving." When I look forward, I say, "God, we really need you to move." Yeah. And uh, and uh, but 
but but how do we do that? We need to stay in the center of his will. Keep it in mind before. Don't assume like we know where we're going. Don't mm-hmm. assume. Okay. And just and just keep your eyes on him and plow forward. And yes, there will be battles. There'll be challenges. And uh, but as we commit our way, then God as as we commit to God, God will He will He's going to do wonders. And so that's where we're at lunch. We're mm-hmm. trusting God for the for the wonders of God to come through. And uh, yeah. and we're just keeping him before him. And uh, like one thing we do right now, like just some of our ministry we're doing right now is like uh, we have a, uh, you know, Monday morning we do our devotion and worship and it, we, it, our staff is doing it, but it's open to the community. We have different, sometimes different students that come Thursday mm-hmm. morning. We do our inter- worship and intercession. Worship is like, I just feel like even if like if it was just a staff or even just not all of our staff, we need to be worshiping that that, that is our ministry and just our time with God. And just work, you know, that that time there. Then every Tuesday we've been doing Bible study with the college students, and every Thursday doing community community worship. And our last community worship was just, I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. awesome. And then tonight, our this recording, we have another one. Uh, you know, like our like uh, different people coming in for community worship. Uh, our the, here's one other testimony. Then we can bring this to a wrap up. But <laughs> our last community worship. Um, that we were just worshiping God and God was just moving powerfully, right? This lady was walking down the street. Okay. She heard their worship. She, she like rang our doorbell, you know, it came down and says, is this open to the public? Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, my son, my youngest opened the door. He just motioned her, just come on upstairs. Yeah, and he, you know. Like, you know, you just like, you know, you know, he's 14. He's like, come on. <laughs> so she comes oh, upstairs. She's in the back. She ends up falling down. She just weeping and just worshiping God and crying to God. She's just so, she just, she just, she said, I felt like later on I talked to her. She says, I felt the presence of God on the street, okay. you know? And, uh, and then I just, and I was just so attracted. Come, uh, we end up finding out that she's a, missions mobilizer that was here at Liberty for different things like that. But she just happened to walk down the street and, and it just drew her in the worship. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, that was just such a God thing. You know, I mm-hmm. mean like you, and like, uh, yeah, you're just drawing people in and you know, like, uh, and so, yeah, but, uh, but anyways, uh, that's just a little testimony. We're seeing God move. We Ooh, still bro. need some serious breakthrough and, uh, but, uh, but we know God's going to make it happen. So yeah. Yeah, that's where we're at. Sorry, uh, anyways, I answered your question you didn't ask, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's good, and yeah, and I want to thank y'all for the ways that y'all are stepping in, similar to how Joshua and the rest stepped in, where they didn't exactly know where they were going, but they went where God said to go. But even in what you just described, there's this other piece where, in that moment, we can expect God to then clear the path ahead for us. And so when we get there, it's already level. Yeah. Uh, and and God did work, but he invited them to be a part of that work. So he didn't defeat all the armies before they arrived. Like Joshua and the crew got to Jericho. Yeah. And they were a part of how God was going to bring them into that land. And I think that's the piece that we have to own as well is seeking God doesn't mean that all the struggles and hardships will be addressed before you get there. No, no. But it is an opportunity to, to trust that God gets there ahead of you and with you and is at work, um, but he might be trying to do something other than just make your path easy. <laughs> well, uh, to make what you said short, okay, if I, if I, if I can be brief, if that's even possible. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about this. This is going to be a first. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you know, God is not there to save us from the struggle 
but he's there with us through the struggle. And, and that's that that's that's i mean that's just uh, what it what it is all about it's yeah. it's not that he saves us from the fight but he's there with us to the fight and yeah. uh and so it's a that's who we're holding our hand on to we're not called to fight by ourselves mm-hmm. we're called to fight and like i'm just and and uh and that's the comfort we have as we mm-hmm. step into step onto the battlefield and like yeah. the battle in jericho that was just one all the other cities didn't go down like that mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. wasn't a pattern there I mean, it was just every time you had to yeah. trust God and it was a different kind of battle every cycle, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Well, thank you both. Thank you all again for the ways you're stepping in, your willingness to pioneer amidst the unknowns, their willingness to persevere uh, when things are hard, because I do believe there are seeds being planted in the lives of students uh, that whether or not they remember y'all's names, um, I believe they're going to come away and remember God in a deep Amen. way and engage yes. with them. And so... So yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. And I want to thank all of you for listening. And not just for listening, but for walking with us as we together, as one family, explore what it means to know God and make him known. Amen. And there it is. If you'd like to learn more about what God's doing in Virginia, visit us at ywamva.org. And join us next week for more stories of God at work.